You're listening to the Vineyard Community Church Podcast with Pastor Rick Francis. For more information, visit vccmountcomfort.org. We continue in telling the story of Jesus from the Gospel of Mark. Today we'll start at chapter 4, beginning at verse 1. Again, Jesus began to teach by the lake. The crowd that gathered around him was so large that he got into a boat and sat in it out on the lake, while all the people were along the shore at the water's edge. He taught them many things by parables, and in his teaching said, Listen, a farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path. The birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they, and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants so that they did not bear grain. Still other seed fell on good soil. It came up and grew and produced a crop, multiplying 30, 60, or even a hundred times. Then Jesus said to them, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. When he was alone, the 12 and the others around him asked him about the parables. He told them, the secret of the kingdom of God has been given to you. But to those on the outside, everything is said in parables, so that they may ever be seeing but never perceiving, and ever hearing but never understanding, otherwise they might turn and be forgiven. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, we ask that you would come and that you would quicken the word of the living God, the word spoken by our Lord Jesus, bring them to our hearts, our spirit, our bodies, and bring the understanding that comes from your throne. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Right on. Amen. Have you ever been puzzled by that passage of Scripture? It's kind of like, isn't the whole purpose of evangelism is to get them to see and hear and believe and respond and be forgiven. And yet the, the passage says, you know, he speaks in parables so that those on the outside don't get it. But those on the inside get it. And there's something within my finite little human heart that says, that's not fair. Something's wrong with this picture. What's going on here, Lord? <laughs> and oftentimes when, when, when we get into these things and it gets confusing because we forget the context of what's written. Jesus is, is explaining to others the kingdom and he's wanting them to understand the realities of his kingdom and he uses the metaphor of farming. They were an agrarian culture, so they, they understood farming. They understood sowing seed, letting the seed go down, grow, plant, hopefully bear a lot of fruit. 
And so he was, he was trying to why is it that the same person can hear the truth from God's heart and one respond and another one just go along as if it went in one ear, out the other? Or they got a little excited and thought, oh, this is really cool. I like this. This is good. Yeah, come. Yeah, I got it. Yeah. Oh, but they don't have any depth, no root. And so when persecution comes, when difficult times come upon them, they're like a plant that's getting scorched by the sun and they just wither. I remember my dad, he worked at Allison's. And when somebody in the department got religion, you know, they, they prayed a prayer of salvation and came to know the Lord and they got religion, all the other guys would start taking a lottery of bets of how long it would last. I bet it doesn't last two weeks. I bet it doesn't last a month, you know. And they, they would get a little pool and see who won the pool for how long the religion lasts. So the Lord is, is not showing us his heart. He's showing us our heart. He's showing what happens when his loving truth goes out. But because of sin's hardness and because of the deception of the evil, evil one and, and because of the way we've attached ourselves to the things of this world, how it grows and bears fruit in our life and how it doesn't. It's like, whoa, Lord, this is interesting. I don't think I have a leg to stand upon about you not being fair because his mercies are new every morning. Amen. He's the most merciful, kind, loving being, but the one thing he will never violate is your free will to choose to receive or reject his word. Now, when I first came across this parable, being a little Bible student, I just thought, okay, this is about how people respond to the good news of salvation. You know, when you proclaim the gospel, there's gonna be four responses. You know, there's gonna be the one that when they hear it, the enemy snatches it immediately in one ear, out the other. There's gonna be those that hear it and receive it with joy. And they really, they're liking the idea of getting forgiven and getting relief and getting the guilt off their chest. And, and no, that's wonderful. But then they fall when persecution, difficult times come. But then there's the seed that's not on stony ground, not on rocky ground. It's, it's among the thorns. And as it grows up, the thorns grow up and it chokes it. That's something that comes upon it. Hmm. The cares of this world. Desires that are more for the things of this world than they are the things of, of God things of the kingdom, hmm. all of those kind of things that, that come in and choke. But then there's good soil. There's good soil. When the word of the Lord lands upon a heart that receives it, 
there's a 30, 60, 100-fold return on that heart. I get encouraged about that. Now, historically, when I looked at this, I was just thinking, good, I'm good soil, because I received Jesus in my life. I've been walking with him now umpteen years. I don't know how many decades. I think I accepted Jesus in fourth grade. So I was about 10, so that was about 58 years ago. So as, as, as that goes, you know, I'm just thinking, I'm good soil, I'm good soil. Get all self-righteous and puffed up and really proud of myself and all of this kind of stuff. And the thing that I didn't realize is that it's not a one-time event. It's not just the first time you hear the gospel and how you respond. It's his word that continues to go out to you day by day by day. How many times has the word of the Lord come to me and it goes in one ear and out the other? Or it comes and I receive it with great joy, but I didn't realize that it had some persecution attached to it, some difficulty. It, I want to receive the word of the Lord and have it be easy. Let's receive the Lord and the grace that comes with him and let's not have to suffer. Amen. Dino Mike. <laughs> And then suffering comes, and all of a sudden my faith goes out the, the window. Like, Lord, I thought you, I thought we, I thought I. Are you real? And the doubts start to come in. Okay, let's so see where I'm at in my notes now. Mm hmm. <clears throat> So we got the path, the rocky places, the thorns, and the good soil. Let's go back to slide eight, Anne. Proverbs 25, or Michelle. Proverbs 25, two. It's God's privilege to conceal things and the king's privilege to discover them. Now about you, but the first time I, I saw that, I thought, well, I'm not a king, so this doesn't apply to me. Wrong. You're all royalty. You're all priests and kings in the family of the Lord. And so here we find that God likes to play hide and seek. And he's not doing it to frustrate us. Have you ever, ever had a toddler, a, young, a youngster, uh, a grade school, and you're starting to hide things like Easter eggs? And you can hide them so much that they can't find them and they get frustrated and they just quit. They throw in the towel. So there's different levels of hiding. You know, when we're hiding Easter eggs for Zoe, we put them on top of the car with a bow around it and a spotlight on it so that she can see where the egg is. But as we go to Layla, we got to, she's, she's a little more crafty and she's able to, so we hide it underneath the downspout. And, and then when it comes to Hayden, the oldest, then some of those things, we might have to put it inside something that she'll, she'll, have, to, she'll have to work, she'll have to open up the mailbox and see that there's an egg inside. You know, my confidence has never been in my ability to be a good son as it is in my father's ability knowing how to raise his sons. And so he knows how to hide things to keep you pursuing 
And we find out that it's our prerogative as his royal sons and daughters to continue to discover what it is about him and his kingdom that draws us. And so we get to, we get to continue to pursue this for our whole life. Some of us, we thought we just bought life insurance, you know, so that when, when we breathe our last breath, we get to go to heaven. And we thought that's what the kingdom was about. It was about getting, making sure we got our fire insurance, our life insurance, so that if something drastic happens, we, we're going to heaven. <clears throat> there is so much more to the kingdom than your eternal destination. It's what is happening now. The Father's love for this world is so great that he gave his only begotten Son, so that none should perish, but all should come to know everlasting life. And so as we see the heart of the Father, we realize that we're part of a father-son, father-daughter enterprise. And now we get to discover more and more what it is that he wants to do on the earth. <clears throat> I think there was a time when I, when I thought, well, he just needs somebody to let everybody know what they're doing is wrong. And I felt chosen. I had the gift of criticism that I thought was one of the spiritual anointings from the Most High. Found out it's not in the scripture. But I could just point out what everybody's doing wrong. But as, as you grow and mature, you find out that that's never been the heart of the Father. He's not about condemnation. He's about inclusion. He's about welcoming. He's about inviting. And so as we realize that, now in my older age, I can look at the biggest rascal on the planet and ask the Holy Spirit, what is the gold that the Father put inside that man when he created him? And how has the generational curses of the fathers tried to keep that one from ever knowing how deeply you love him or her. Hmm. So how we look at people. This is not about a classification system. You're thorny ground. You're rocky ground. You're, you're the path. <laughs> you're, you're the ones that got a tons, ton of thorns that's just choking out life. No, this isn't for classification. This is for understanding of how we respond. And I think it, it, it gives us an insight to how to pray. If someone is really having trouble with their attitude, they got a really poor attitude. Hmm. That's like the thorns that's choking. And it's like, Lord, what does the Holy Spirit want to do in their heart? that would free them from the anger, the darkness, that makes them always see everything painted black. Hmm. Isaiah chapter 55 verses nine through 11 says, as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, 
and my thoughts than your thoughts. As the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return without it watering the earth and making it bud and flourish so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater. Verse 11, so is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. My confidence has never been in my ability to have the right heart, but it's the Father's ability to send his word in such a way that I can respond. And at whatever level I respond to his word, it starts cultivating a soil inside of me that softens and deepens and gives me an opportunity to grow and to discover more and more how rich his word is, what his word wants to do for you and me. And so as I open my heart, all I have to do is crack the door and let him in. Then we've got a steward what he's given to us. Whatever level of, of understanding and insight, whatever you have discovered today is just what cracks the doors for tomorrow. And some of us, we think we've arrived. We haven't even started. The depths of his word, the depths of his love, the depths of his being, open and thank God for what you've experienced up until now. And now open your heart and say, Lord, more. More reality of what your word has been sent to me to do. I submit, I submit to your word. It's been the revelation of the last several months now that the Lord just keeps showing me that the way of the kingdom is not in accumulating knowledge, but it's in humbling myself and submitting to his purpose. And then he pours into us things that we never even knew existed. We don't know how high the ceiling is because there is no ceiling in the intimate relationship and the revelatory knowledge that the Lord has for us. And so we just have to choose today to invite him to come, humble ourselves, open our heart, and let his word come in and plant as many seeds as he wants inside our hearts. And then let's see them grow and develop. And if you find that as you're going along, all of a sudden the enemy's attacking some of those seeds, guess what? We have a gardener. Yay. Let's invite the Holy Spirit to come in and cultivate those areas. I find that I resist the Lord so many times without even realizing that that's what I'm doing. But in these latter years of my life, I recognize it. Something happens and something inside of me just kind of bristles and 
and I realize, oh, Lord, I think there's some thorns that are trying to choke out the fruit of the seed that you planted in my life. Holy Spirit, I give you permission to come in because I'm such a hack, I might rip up good seed while I rip up this, the thorn, but I give you permission to come in and remove the thorns that are trying to choke the Word of God out of my life. And as he does that, put on your dancing slippers. There's going to be an emotional response to every time the Lord removes something that's a hindrance in your life. Whether it's an addiction, whether it's a way that you look at things, a prejudice or whatever, when he, when he pulls it out and love fills that space and you start to see as he sees, it's time to dance. It's time to celebrate. It's time to release the joy that comes in relationship with him as he fills us and fills us and fills us. Let his word have his way in your life. Not just in 2022, we're not just gonna make a little catchphrase for this year, but for all eternity. Just determine, Lord, as you give revelation, it is my heart, the heart of a king, to discover everything that you've hidden. I want to search out your truth. I wanna search out relationship with you. How close can I actually be with you? And don't let me ever think I've arrived. Don't let me ever get content and think, I am so far away, you know, I, I, I'm so far ahead of the class that I, I just better coast a little while so everybody can catch up with me. No, what happens if, if you're truly ahead of the class, your love for the class will be so increased that you'll want to go even further so that you'll know how to love even more completely your brothers and sisters regardless of where they are in their journey, to encourage them, to invite them. We do this in community. We have to walk together. <clears throat> so as I was preparing for this, my devotional yesterday from uh, Brian Simmons and Gretchen Rodriguez and uh, their devotional on the book of Isaiah, <clears throat> had this to share. It's entitled, The Garden of Your Heart. From Isaiah chapter five, verse one, let me sing a song for the one I love called My Lover and His Vineyard. Oh, that just warmed my heart. I love the title. <laughs> my Lover and His Vineyard. Oh, I'm so glad we're called the Vineyard. <laughs> We pop up in the scripture, yay. Before Jesus was born, Isaiah caught a glimpse of Jesus' passion for his vineyard, for us, the ones he would give everything for. This revelation stirred a song of love from deep within Isaiah for the one he loved. And now, springing up from the depths of our souls, we too cry out with the songs of loving worship to our beloved. We are the Lord's beautiful garden, 
He comes and meets with us in the quiet of our soul to share his secrets, to walk with us and be our friend. His spirit tilled the inner garden of our hearts. Seeds of incorruptible beauty have been planted within us. We must maintain this vineyard by nurturing our personal communion with God to quickly tend to the weeds of wrong thinking, bad attitudes, and worldly behaviors which seek to choke the fruit of our garden. Father, I turn my heart to you. Meet me in our secret garden. Let my life blossom with life and bear fruit for your glory. Speak to me, hold me, heal me, and laugh with me. Help me keep my heart soft and pliable in your hands so nothing hinders my relationship with you. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. To receive more audio content from The Vineyard, click the subscribe button in iTunes.